Red River Podcast, uh, another year-end episode. Uh, today, we're going to talk about our favorite movies of the year. We have our buddy in from fucking Arizona, you know, uh, Steve Andolfo in the house again. You know how I do. I yeah. At the end yeah. of the year and tell people my bad opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. No, he, he don't he don't have the, uh, the the sledgehammer here, but, you know, like uh, mentally just picture it. So. <laughs> Mentally, I'm judging everyone. That's it. Hmm. Um, so listen, uh, before we start off, does anybody have any honorable mentions before we get to the top 10 list? I don't really. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's like I said before, I started smoking weed again this year. And like, <laughs> I've, watched, I've, watched a, I've watched a lot of movies this year, a lot of them, a lot. And because everything was coming home, I was consuming more and more and more of it. And like, since I started smoking weed, like your movie's got to be real good for me to remember it now. And so like, I'm struggling at 11 here. Okay. So you got 11, but, but he, uh, um, Langan, did you have any honorable mentions? Nah, I got a tight little list of 10 here. Okay, good. Parker? Dude, my 10 isn't even fucking from half of this year. So I'm, <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a fucking movie from 82 in my fifth slot. So, <laughs> all right, you know, that's whatever how you do it. That's yeah. And I'll take my 2019 just released here from Switzerland movie that I'll there put on this list. Then there I, was a lot of movies that had like 2020, if you look them up on IMDb, oh, yeah, but yeah. they didn't come out in the States to like a lot of them. Yeah, the majority of the movies I have on here. So I have a shit ton. So I, I, I these are my honorable mentions. The <laughs> Do boy, like too many things. <laughs> yeah. The boy behind the door. I thought that was a very good movie, very tense movie. Um, Halloween kills as much as people slammed it. It's on here. Uh, Suicide Club. Big fan. VHS 1994. Uh, the movie okay, old. No. Yeah, the the, <laughs> no. movie, the movie old. VHS ninety four was not good. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, the mo- the movie old. I thought M Night Shyamalan, whatever the fuck. I, I thought that was I thought that was a good one. Um, there's a movie called Vicious Fun, which I thought was a lot of fun. That was like a, a Shutter exclusive. Uh, I saw a Quiet Place two in the theaters, which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, nobody which was the first movie I saw in theaters after the pandemic. Um, then the Slumber Party Massacre remake, way better than I thought it would ever be. Like, I can't even comprehend. Like, they, they, it, it's almost like Black Xmas where they took, like, the source material and then they, they made their own thing from it. So huge fan of that. Which uh, either works or fails terribly. <laughs> <laughs> That's... <laughs> Um, and then the two movies that we took off our list, uh, me and Steve, but I just want to mention them because they were kind of like last year, but very late, uh, empty man and promising young woman, which were great, phenomenal, but the empty man, I I, I can't even like what candy man should have been this year. I think the empty man blew that away. It's like kind of like the same vibe. And it was just so, so well done compared to like the, the real the mediocrity that I thought 20 uh, 21's Candyman was so you know uh, you know what I thought of that, of that movie one thing I can say uh, is it has this feel of like a deep lore cryptid type like movie where like it's all about this cursed lore but then it sort of plays into the I know what you did last summer vibe of it 
and then twists again <laughs> into a Cronenbergian type way. And I think that's what turned a lot of people off the empty man because it was just too much. <laughs> it, it was a lot. It, there, there was, it was pretty long, but like there was something just super effective about it. Like I, I thought like the, like, especially the very beginning, I was like, yo, I'm like, this is like yeah. severe shit, man. It was like, like I was in, I was like, this movie is pretty long, but I'm very much in on it. So, all right, <laughs> listen, let's do it. Number 10, Steve, you're our guest, man. Give me your number 10. Um, it is the spine of the night spine of the night, which I believe was a shutter. It's a shutter produced, um, animated rotoscope animated, <laughs> like heavy metal type movie loved it with like you know you've got your like Pat oswald does a voice in it and you got different voice actors in it but it's just like this like sword and sorcery thing about this flower that holds this power that can either destroy or or help like in any any normal sword and sorcery type story but the animation is fantastic it's dark it's that like 80s vibe to it that like it's just, I think it was a fan. It's a, it's a movie that I don't think a lot of people saw. And at a number 10, it's worth seeing. And I think it's something that was overlooked. Um, if you didn't start smoking weed, what number would it be on your list? <laughs> <laughs> number 18? Yeah, I, I listen, I, de I definitely, definitely understand that. Uh, agree with that statement. Right. <laughs> Lang, Langan, kick it off. Number 10. Uh, my number 10 was this film, uh, Nighthouse. It's, um, I guess, it's a, a standard horror, thriller, supernatural kind of story uh, about a, a teacher. She loses her husband and starts to unearth certain secrets about this guy after he has passed. But I mainly have it on there because of Rebecca Hall's performance. She's one of my favorite actresses out there since I've seen her in that Christine movie um, about that girl that shot herself on air. Oh, that was, and, uh, that was a good so movie. good. Yeah, yeah. And she, she is so good. I, lo I love when a really good actor actor or actress gets in a horror flick and kid because that never used to happen in my like growing up it was always like whatever yeah. and it was fine but like when someone really good uh knows what they're doing in there it, it turns into something pretty special so well we are living in the age of prestige horror yes yeah. i'll take we, uh... it so, yeah, I'll, I, that, that's a little bit further up on my list. So I'll, I'll talk about my uh, my input when I get to it. So, uh, mm -hmm. Parker, give me something from 1982. <laughs> well, no, this is from last year. So it's a little, oh. bit, more, little bit more relevant. <laughs> so uh, I caught this on Shutter. It's called Boys from County Hell. And I think me and Tom Bennett were the only two people that actually connected on this movie because it takes place in fucking <laughs> takes place in fucking Ireland. So, you know that's, where I'm going. That's where this. he's at right now. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So. So um, it's about this this road crew, you know, father and son, and they have to survive because they unearth like, you know, a vampire in Ireland. And, you know, it, it's what you think with, you know, it's like a horror comedy. So it's fan of, you know, if you're a fan of Shaun of the Dead, a lot of fucking cursing and a lot of drinking. This is for you, boys awesome. from County Hell. Cool, cool. Yeah, uh, Tom Bennett is uh, definitely up in Ireland as yeah. we speak. So shout He's out in, to him. Shout out to the motherland, baby. That's it, man. <laughs> He's coming. He's coming back with some, Ireland, some... A, Ireland as the motherland. Just <laughs> <laughs> listen. Don't piss cool, off man. our Irish de demo here. <laughs> yeah. You got Langan and Parker. So that's uh, sorry. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> just I the should hold my role here. The good half. Uh, all right. So my number 10, <laughs> my number 10 is a movie that like uh, is just it was pretty. Man, 
very brutal to watch because it felt very realistic. Uh, it's a movie called Violation. And uh, I, I, I remember bringing this movie up after I watched it because there was a fucking hard boner like an actual oh yeah i remember you talking about like this. an actual like this dude had like there was no so titties there was no uh, you titties. got a defoed you got the foe yo but like it, in the in, in antichrist beyond you're just that. watching a movie and you're like what nah, the it's, more, it? it's, it's oh, more than it's more than that it's, it's more than that it's it's more than that it's like there's no Ooh. titties there's no pussy there's no ass it's just one hard dick and uh but the actual Sometimes that's what life gives you uh, <laughs> listen that's all i know but the actual like performances and the story you know this 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 girl like her marriage is falling apart so she goes and visits her sister and then her brother-in-law uh and her have this like weird incident that happens it kind of like sets her off uh and then from there the movie is like the 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 it's not told in a linear fashion so it's really cool and creative and the actual um you know like the a lot of the bad stuff is is really uh directed in in a way that it's just very unique it's not like um like here's a rape scene and and this is what it is it's 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 done in like a very like weird and artistic way this movie is Definitely it's not a, just the rape scene. It's an artistic rape. Yeah. Scene. I, if you watch it, you'll, you'll I'm glad that we're putting that line there. If you if you watch it, you'll completely understand it. It's it's just very well made. Uh, you know, I, I think it's actually even female it's, directed. It's on my list. I had not gotten around to. I did not know it was that good. I will check it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, number nine, Steve. Well, the Green Knight, A twenty four is only good movie this year. Okay, I'm putting that out there right now. Um, I thought, I mean, a lot of people were disappointed with it. It does not follow the actual, the actual Arthurian legend at all. But I, it's my new favorite Christmas movie. I guess. <laughs> I, I I thought the atmosphere was fantastic. The acting is is above par for everything. I mean, it's a subtitle movie put your subtitles on and deal with the fact that you don't understand old English, like get over it because it's got some of the best visuals. It's, it is a story of, of pride that, that goes afoul. It, it's really something that is worth watching once for everybody because of what it is and its uniqueness. Yeah. I heard, I heard like visually it's like pretty crazy, pretty stunning and stuff like that. And it's it funny. It's great. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned A24 because, yeah, for sure. Like when I saw the trailer to Lamb and people are like, oh, uh, you want to watch Lamb? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, did you watch the trailer? I'm like, they're they're daring you to watch this movie. Like they're the daring. Movie, the movie succeeds. Lamb succeeds in being a movie that is about desperation and loss and and all these different, you know, things in grief. But it has a horror twist to it. And the thing is, is it never embraces it. It doesn't embrace that horror twist. If it embraced the horror twist, 100% good movie. Okay. But it doesn't embrace it, and it makes it this meditation on grief when it could be one more thing. Mm, okay. Well, you hear it, so, uh, you hear it here that. first. Yeah. <laughs> Langan, give me your number nine. My number nine, VHS 94. Ah, listen, <laughs> we, we already discussed it. We already, we already said it's not a good movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll skip. I'll good. get you another one. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's fun. I like that whole um, the whole franchise. Uh, 
you know, obviously there's going to be uh, some better parts than others when you're dealing with an anthology, but uh, I like The Empty Wake a lot. I like Subject, the Indonesian one had shades yeah. of that. That uh, was great. Tetsuo, yeah. Bullet Man kind of, uh, yeah. it was really freaky and a lot of gore. And uh, I don't know, I had a good time watching it. I did too. When I watched it, I was just like, like I, I don't know, like the, the 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 sewer man, and then the the the, the funeral. Uh, I, I like the funeral a lot. The funeral one was written by, by uh, Simon, Simon uh, Barrett. Yeah, Simon did, Barrett. Yep. Yep. Who's done a lot of good stuff. He but. does uh, all the writing for um, uh, Wingard, I think. Right. He does like uh, your your next and uh, your next the guest. The guest. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I hit him up about Which the being guest on the show. is getting some. Mm-hmm. The guest is getting some kind of big uh, re-release, like sixty dollars box set thing. Oh, that I awesome. didn't know people cared about the guest that much about. I uh, yeah, me neither. I mean, the the soundtrack. I, too. I like it, yeah. but <laughs> Parker, give me something from nineteen eighty seven. Uh, this is from two thousand twenty one, but it's got a deal with uh, the nineties. So I'm okay. going with. So I'm going with Kid ninety. Which was, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, oh, yeah that was fun. Yeah. yeah. So, so you got, uh, you know, Soleil Moonfry running around with, you know, her over the shoulder camcorder, you know, hours of fucking VHS tapes, which, you know, you sold me right there. And uh, any movie that's got, you know, you know, everything from David Arquette to Buzz Aldrin, you know, I'm down, man, you know, if you want to see interviews. But it obviously my favorite was, you know, Dana Ashbrook of, you know, Waxworks and Return of the Living Dead 2 fame, you know, having him in there, I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you got, you know, rest in peace, you know, Jonathan Brandis, you know, from Ladybugs and Sidekicks, you know, shout out to him. Cool. Yeah, uh, I, I'm we're doing a documentary uh, countdown tomorrow. So uh, that's on there for me. So I'm going to save okay. my, my feelings on that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I but, thought you said I thought you were gonna say you're doing a deep dive on ladybugs. And I was like, <laughs> I want in. I want fucking in. I'll <laughs> talk about that movie. <laughs> Gender equality right there. <laughs> talk about it. So uh my number nine movie is uh a movie called Lucky. Um definitely so Bria Bria Grant um uh, wrote it and Natasha Kermani directed it. And it's really strange. It kind of reminds me of uh, Mother by uh, Darren Aronofsky, mm-hmm. where it's just like this, like uh, you're in like this surreal world. And uh, it's this, this girl, she she writes like self-help books. And every night she's uh, attacked by the same person, you know, and she she's like trying to call the cops and all this other stuff. It's just like a really interesting uh, take on home invasion and slashers. And it's like you're stuck in a fucking nightmare. And I think that's really the power of the movie. Um, and there's some really, uh, you know, like cool themes in it as well. So we had her on the show uh, specifically because I, th- I love this movie so much. And it's also produced by our buddy Rob G. So shout out to him. So um, that's it. That's my number nine. So number eight, Stephen. Give me oh, something good, man. Uh, Give me something good. Uh, my number eight is actually French Dispatch. Okay. As a huge Wes Anderson fan, not my favorite. This is essentially like, and if anybody else doesn't like this movie, it's one of those movies where I go, I get you, and I understand why. Yeah, like you have to love what Wes. He made Magazine the movie. <laughs> like it's not like it's not for everyone. Um, 
I do think it was beautiful. I think it's well made. I love the vignettes. I thought they were good stories. I mean, his cadre of actors like Bill Murray and you got all you got Jeff Goldblum and all these people in there. Like it's it's such a great movie. But for me, like the only thing that takes away from it was the fact that like it just felt like yeah, this is self-indulgent, but you're Wes Anderson, so we're going to let you do it because nobody else does what you do super self-indulgently anyway. Yeah, yeah. I know, Langan, you saw it, right? I did. Okay, you didn't like it. I'm going to speak on it later. I speak on it later, gotcha. <laughs> I, 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 I get it. Is, it, right. is it later in your list? That's great. I'm yeah. psyched about that. I want to talk to somebody who enjoyed it more than I, because I love Wes Anderson. I Me love too, him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. Sorry. Yeah, num- number Keep eight, Langan. Uh, my number eight is uh, Mandibles. The, I love uh, that movie. <laughs> Quentin Dupont, <laughs> Dupont, however you pronounce his last name. I I, I love this guy. Dupree. All his films, Dupree. Um, Deer Skin made my list last year. Wrong Cops is another one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Rubber. I just I like guys that whenever they make something, I'm excited. The names out. Okay, whatever this guy does, I'm there. Whatever I mm-hmm. I'm going on the trip. I'm buying the ticket and whatever you got. To give me and basically <laughs> i mean the plot if i explain it it's insane you know these two con men dopey con men guys find a giant fly humongous fly <laughs> in the trunk of their car and they figure they're going to get rich by training it to do like you know whatever they they're bidding this gigantic fly. and, <laughs> and it, uh, <laughs> there's no there's nothing logical i could say about it but like it just it's like Wes farce. Anderson, you're either yeah. down with this guy's shit or if you don't like, OK, but, I'm not going to try to sell you on it because you're never going <laughs> to like this. Yeah. From, from a film nerd background, it's a classic French comedy farce. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he made, but he made it with a giant fly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just and the plot. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like I know you fuck with him. For sure. Yeah. And and it's like when I heard the plot of that, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And then I saw like the trailer <laughs> yeah, and I was <laughs> so Mark, Parker, give me something from Wawa. No, fucking let's go there, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> so uh, so this was, I think, the third take on this movie. And this was definitely the best version of it. This is probably better than every fucking one of them put together and it was called Mortal Kombat and it came out this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, it is. Out. Yeah, so it's based off, based off, you know, one of the best video game series. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's an MMA fighter. You know, he's seeking, you know, this tournament to save the earth. And uh, the dude who played Kano stole the fucking movie. The, my main, you know, like downfall was this. There was not enough Scorpion. So I'm hoping that they're going to be making a sequel either with more Scorpion or you know, a side movie about Scorpion, but for what it was, I mean, the effects were great. The fucking choreography for the fighting was fucking great. I mean, compared to those first two pieces of shit, I mean, the second one is horrible. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is easily probably top five worst movies of all time. No question. Up on it's up on HBO right now. Uh, it's fucking horrible. Even with the involvement of Christopher Lambert. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who gets a haircut halfway into the movie and you don't even fucking realize. <laughs> such a good movie <laughs> <laughs> i uh yeah I, I i remember watching that i was pretty excited and by 
20 minutes into the movie, I was like, eh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> ah, I guess, again, that's where going back to smoking weed helps. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that movie, I was like, it's not making any lists, but I'm enjoying it now, buddy. <laughs> Um, all right. So my number eight is a fucking batshit movie that I'm sure is definitely high up on your list. Uh, Titan. Uh, that's my number eight. I, I can't even I spit really on you for putting it so far back. Listen, I spit on you. <laughs> I'll tell Wait till you hear the other seven in front of it. You'll understand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't, I can't really even like like it's just it, I can't even really have lots to say. Yeah, I'll let I'll let you talk about it because it's 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 definitely one of those movies that is really hard to explain. Um, it, it's it's an experience. So to me, the by the end of the movie, I I enjoyed the ride more than the actual like what I just saw um, because it was just so absurd. Um, and there was some really good like practical effects on there and all that other shit. It was just. Definitely, it's an experience of, of a movie more than like I could be like, oh, well, I really love the plot. So I'll, I'll let Steve definitely <laughs> kick some of that shit. Um, but all right. So number seven, Steve. Oh, censor. Uh, censor, which I think it didn't get as much praise as it should have. Or did it get more praise? No, it did. A lot of people have it on, on their list and I, I didn't watch it, but. It, it's it's great it it gives you uh it, it it takes you back to like the era of the video nasties mm. you know like the uk videos that were tape trades and stuff like that and it's all about a person who is a censor for that kind of stuff you know like the the old like nasty horror you know and it just starts becoming like this mental like mentally twisted thing that is is part homage to the video nasty itself and at the same time being its own genre making defining film like it it's i think it's a fantastic movie because i use fantastic as a word too much <laughs> and <laughs> I, I think it's a great movie because it it had this feeling that no other movie had this year uh, it felt like a barbarian sound system, if anybody remembers that movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it feels a lot like that movie. So if you like that movie, give this a spin. Yeah, it's up on Hulu, right? <laughs> yeah, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, it's one of those movies that, like, I, I didn't really pay attention to, but seeing everyone's, like, year-end list, that movie is in everyone, like, like any critic from, like, Bloody Disgusting or, like, any any, like, horror site definitely put that movie up on there, so... I gotta it's also that. Vinegar Syndrome's first technical, like, under their label release, I think. Oh, that's pretty cool, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Langan, number seven. My number seven is uh, Mogul Mowgli. Um, it was a, I don't know if you heard of it. It's a Riz Ahmed's in it, the guy that was in Sound of Metal. And this film's oh, got like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. oh, wow. It's got a lot of similarities to that in the fact that it's based. He's a musician. He's a a, a British uh, rapper with a, a Pakistani descent, and uh, he's about to blow up. His career is about to blow up. Go on tour. Sounds like struck, him. He's struck with an illness of of you know. I won't get into it if somebody says, but he's struck with an illness that's hampering his plans. Oh wait, wait, wait! Hold on. We can all guess. 
<laughs> yeah. You would say it if somebody guessed. Yeah. You'll get guess. <laughs> Everybody take cancer. a guess. What is illness? Cancer. I say cancer. But, but he, if, if he goes back to um, Pakistan. He gets in touch with his family. And um, but it's really good. Uh, his performance is outstanding. Again, this guy. Yeah, he's he's, he's killer and everything. Yeah. And he's actually like you know I, I we have this discussion, but he's he's a really good rapper for sure. He's actually <laughs> yeah, a really he, good rapper. He he does like all the scenes he does where he's rapping. You know, yeah. like it's it's believable. It's viable. You know what I mean? Cool, it's, cool, uh, cool. But yeah. good film. Very good. I gotta film. check that out. Uh, Parker, give me something. All right, man. So this movie is actually like three different parts. And I believe it was a Netflix exclusive called uh, Fear Street. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it was 1994, 1978 and 1666. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 94 and 78 both had fucking great soundtracks, you know, great playlists. And uh, it's just about like a circle of friends that, you know, they release this like ancient spirit, you know, evil, you know, that goes on a series of, you know, brutal murders, yada, yada, yada. But it was pretty fucking gory, you know, for like being from like an R.L. Stein book for like little kids. I mean, like a lot of the fucking the kills in it, actually, like the first kill in the first part of it, it takes place in like a shopping mall. And it it was pretty fucking graphic, man, I got to say, for like a based off of a little kid's book. But uh, I watched all three. The first two caught my, you know, caught my eye, you know, obviously the best out of the three of them. The, The last one was pretty fucking boring i'm not gonna lie the 1666 i mean anything in 1666 is gonna be fucking yeah like do i really want to watch somebody like fucking turn butter or something like get the fuck out of here you know (laughs) turn butter was that with ghosts (laughs) (laughs) was that was there was there a black goat in that last one that definitely was of course there was i i watched black phillip shout out to black phillip listen Black Phillip is great, and the best thing about it is the director, David Eggers, said to never, ever work with a goat. It is the worst thing ever, and he will never do it again. And he was the star of the movie, so... That was the only good thing in that movie. That's it. There was supposed to be way more of it, but the goat would not, uh, apparently... Oh, that's why it sucked. Do stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But going going back to Fear Street, I watched the first 15 minutes of the first movie... I was like, oh, ACDC Portis set. I was like, that's pretty cool. Like the soundtrack. Yeah. And I could not get over the scream vibes. Like I could not get over how like I'm 100%. like, this, yeah. I'm like, this is like, I'm, and I don't care. It's fine. Good for them. Because by this point, scream is from 1996. So obviously it's time to, you know, you could still do stuff. It's something that's influenced by it. But I just couldn't. There was something about it where I was like, I'm going to watch something else. So, but <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> number seven for me, I just saw and I had to crowbar it into this list. Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, man, what what can I say about this movie? I, I, it's it's definitely very like I, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's it's very linear. It's it's like the most cohesive thing I think he's ever done compared to something like Magnolia. Uh, I don't I, I, I I have a lot to say about Paul Thomas Anderson. I'm a big fan of Paul Thomas Anderson, so I'll talk about it too. But at the same time, like, keep going. I just want to hear more about what you think about it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I uh, love the movie. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love the movie too, for sure. I mean, I, I, I want to watch it a couple more times. I thought Alana Haim from the band Haim, the fact that uh, Paul used her 
her two sisters from the band and her actual family. I thought they did so well. I thought she really yeah, pushed the yeah, role. Uh, Cooper um, Hoffman, you know, Philip Phillips uh, son killed it like they're and but that shows you just how great paul thomas anderson is as a director because he notoriously likes to work with improvers and like comedians and stuff like that and put them into the backgrounds of the movies i mean his wife is maya rudolph like, yeah 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 so the like it's the way the way that you fell into that movie and the act like the characters became the characters is how good of a director he is. You haven't seen either one of those people in a movie before, but you'd watch any movie with either one of them in it right now. Within, right? within the two, within the first, that first scene, like them, the chemistry that they had when when they first meet and mm-hmm. you don't really know what's going on and you follow them in the dialogue. It, it's like I could have hung out with them the whole night. That first, you know, and I wanted her to show up there the first time, Um, you know, it's 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 for for a a young boy like me back then that had crushes on on many older women, you know, like I related to it, like you pine over certain people, you know, you're 15 and you, you know, you see someone that's like, you know, 10 years older than you. Uh, But it's just like, I don't even want to get into that portion. (laughs) because of all the weirdness about that that I was mean, pretty weird i got i'll i'll admit but when, when he said he's, the thing is is like it's not like they looked like they were that far apart so you're fine it's not like you got the kid who played alfalfa and the little rascals hanging out with uh the peg bundy <laughs> no 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 but still like that was one of the parts because he was like i'm 15 and she's like i'm 25 and that part i'm just like wow right. that's that's definitely interesting to like i kind of knew at that moment in time that i guess things were never going to be what i thought they were going to be because of that age right and you don't fundamentally understand that time period so you don't understand how that worked but i also think in the in the same situation with the with the age thing throughout the movie it doesn't make a difference no, Their no. ages never make a difference because they, they what they're they, doing as individuals. As individuals, but also like, you know, realistically, obviously they don't look like the, the, those two ages. They they seem like peers. Um, but yeah, and 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 for people, you know, that, that are gonna watch the movie, you'll see that it's it's just it's just it has nothing to do with their stupid yeah, ages. Exactly. It's <laughs> it, it's it's a great coming of age story with a lot of like um just great characters through the movie. Like, man, I, I can't say enough about it. When I watched it, I, I wanted to watch it again. You know, once again, the soundtrack was great. Um, by the end of the movie, it's like you, like you hung out with these people for like two and a half hours and it was just a lot of fun. So I, 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 I had to. Throw same way Boogie Nights feels. Yeah. Boogie Nights feels the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're yeah. just like, I know these dudes. These are all my friends. These are all your friends. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But uh, that's my number seven licorice pizza. Langan. Oh no, Steve. Uh, no, Steve, yeah. number six. I go number six. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go with Dune, man. Did you guys see this movie? It's called no, Dune. I gotta watch it. Do, do you know anything about this? Apparently, people love it. I don't <laughs> I don't really know. People it's got a big cult thing. following, but uh, yeah, I, I um, never was in that cult. Yeah. I was never yeah. in that cult either. <laughs> I was never in that cult either. I was like, oh, it's not for me. That's too much sci-fi. Give me lasers. <laughs> give me Give me laser swords and a guy that tells that and a guy who sounds like James Earl Jones and I'm good. I don't huh. need, 
Like, I don't need Star Trek and you're thinking about using photon cannons or not, even though you have them, so use them. I, like, I don't care about any of that stuff. And I never cared about Dune. And I'm a huge David Lynch fan. Huge David Lynch fan. And I don't care about Dune. I think Dune is terrible. I think Dune the movie is terrible. Hodorowsky's Dune. But then you got high. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. I started smoking weed. <laughs> no, but um, I'm a huge Dennis Villeneuve fan. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think, that guy's I the think man. that guy is yet to strike to hit a strike. Um, when you get go, and obviously, if you listen to anything I've said before, this obviously I'm a big atmosphere guy. I'm a big mise en scene guy. Like I, I need everything to look beautiful for me to love it. And I never cared about Dune. And I care about doing now. Yeah. And that's why that movie's on the list. Because if you can take, if you can make me care about something that I've actively not cared about for 41 years, (laughs) (laughs) you like, you made a good movie. Um, I can't wait to keep (laughs) watching it. And I can't wait to see what happens next. That's it. You sold all three of us. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to shout, shout out to Afro Man too for, for, for the song. <laughs> and then I got <laughs> Langan, number six. My six. Uh, you mentioned it before, Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Um, I am such a Bob Odenkirk fanboy since Mr. Show and Ben Stiller <laughs> yeah. Show and all that stuff. He's always been my favorite one of that crew. And the second <laughs> act that he got with uh breaking bad i love that and now this is like a total other left turn for his career to be an action star something i'd never see but he pulls it off and he's great uh and the riz is in it uh who else is in it uh fucking uh christopher lloyd yes christopher lloyd that's what i was trying to think of um but it's a great story he's awesome in that movie like, yeah, yeah. The movie, the movie is great. It's great. It's, it's great movie. He's got this like Bronson-esque <laughs> character, you know, like this mechanic, like the mechanic or something that he's, you know, it's, if you haven't seen even, it, I'm trying not yeah. to like say anything if somebody hasn't seen it or whatever. But uh, it's it's well, to see Bob Odenkirk pull <laughs> off an action flick made me smile from ear to ear. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's we all know what it is. It's yeah. taken but yep. Bob Odenkirk's yeah. Liam yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and it works because Bob Odenkirk is lovable, but also he's turned himself into this dramatic actor that's fantastic. He's Bob Odenkirk is great. Yeah, yeah. That that movie is basically just a a revenge movie. Like everyone knows what it is. It's just, you know, you get from point A to point B. That bus scene was like so good. That was the climax to me. I think that was like the height of of the, the, the movie. <clears throat> but okay cool uh parker number six number six i went with this movie called the hunt uh that stars betty oh, yeah yeah betty gilpin from uh glow fame gorgeous ladies of wrestling and uh damon uh lindelof from lost actually did this movie he was a writer on lost he also was a producer on watchmen which i loved but uh it's one of those you know 12 people that wake up they have no clue where the fuck they are and then just like this game ensues you know it's survival of the fittest but uh, there was definitely like a little hint of the movie, the game in there, because like the town's in on it. You don't know who to trust. There's a lot of like secret secrets going on. But uh, 
pretty straightforward movie. It was pretty, uh, pretty gory, pretty graphic, which was cool. And uh, I think I mentioned this movie on a previous episode, but I, I really dug it. The hunt. Yeah, it's good. I, I like the first like batch of you know like uh, celebrities get that get murdered and yeah. uh, fucking thought, Ike Barinholtz, fucking yeah. Mad TV fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit, I'm a big Lindelof fan and Lost fan. Yeah, and. I still haven't stopped having the argument the finale is good and everybody can just, you know, just not at me on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, shout out to John Locke. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, let's just understand this. It was good. So stop being stupid. <laughs> uh, all right. So number six, here's a movie. Uh, I feel like maybe me and Steve had this conversation. I don't remember, but um, the movie Last Night in Soho, um, mm. I-, I loved it. I loved it. The worst part of the movie was the actual story. But to me, the I feel like Edgar Wright just made like a, like he made movie magic, like the, the universe he created, the soundtrack, the characters, the costume, like everything about the movie was fantastic. Obviously, the story was the weakest part, but even by the end, like I didn't mind because I, I like that twist and I like that. Um, it's just a, a guy <clears throat> like a Guillermo del Toro where they make these movies that look like movies, like what a movie could be. You know, it's just like an amazing universe. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is fucking great. Uh, yep. Mackenzie. Play the shark from Jaws. Yeah. Like, she's, she's amazing in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, like, in everything. <laughs> it's almost the Kevin Smith joke about Ben Affleck. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I'm I'm stealing that Kevin Smith joke. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, like she she's fantastic and everything. You put yeah. that girl. Same with Jodie Cormier, the girl that is in Killing Eve. Um, put them in any movie and they're great because they're just great. Really great. Did you watch Thoroughbreds <laughs> with her? Yes, uh, I thought that was a was. really that was a great was underrated great. movie. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. So that's my number six. Uh, it would have made my number five, but it's just like um, I thought. Kind of like I said, the, the story was the only part where I was just like, oh, this is definitely not going to be top five. But it's just the visually, man, it was just a fun yeah. universe that that he created. That's a I good summary I, of that. Yeah, I, you know. I'm a big, I, you know what? I'm going to stop saying I'm a big somebody fan because I'm saying that too much. <laughs> we get it. You're big. I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big everything. That's the first part. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I love, I love him. I love him since space. I love his stylistic approach to the, to everything. And I feel like there wasn't enough of him in mm. this film. Yeah, I feel like this was him trying to do an homage to something that I personally don't really know a lot about, which is British cinema. I'm not a fan. I like I don't know. I'm not well versed in 60s, 70s British cinema. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, but this is what that is, is a love letter to that. So to me, I missed his stylization in the movie. I missed his mark gotcha. that I feel is still there, but it's not there for me. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, you know, uh, George Lazenby on this one. So <laughs> deep cut right there. Come on. <laughs> uh, well, the good George Lazenby. <laughs> Steve, number five. <laughs> uh, listen, okay. 
My number five. Top five, man. It it's got to be good. Otherwise, I'm hanging out. No, it is. It's one of the best movies um, I saw this year. It is number five. And it is Spider-Man. Uh, it is the new Spider-Man. Uh, too many homes. Hmm. <laughs> nah, <laughs> can't, can't go home or something? Spider-Man, no boy. Um, no, honestly, like, uh, and this is completely biased. Um, but I think it was a well-made film either way. Uh, but as a person who loves Spider-Man, who's grown up loving Spider-Man, is a Spider-Man. Mark has Spider-Man tattooed on his elbow, is a very big Spider-Man fan. <laughs> um, the movie is a love letter to Spider-Man fans. <laughs> like I have not get... yeah, I've not heard like one person say anything negative about this movie. Like not yeah. one person, like it's not it's not my world, it's not my universe. I don't really know much about it, but it's understood. Just... It's a, yeah. like no one has shit on this movie. It's it's heartfelt. It's exactly what the character is in the comics. And um, it's for me. And then you get, I, you know, without spoiling it, even though everybody knows the spoilers for it, you know, those moments were actually touching and not something that felt forced or like, you know, like an ad for Pepsi. You yeah. know what I mean? Um so the sincerity of a movie that's that big is what the character Spider-Man is, if you get my drift. So that's why it makes my top five. Also, again, Spider-Man fan, like, fuck you. All right? It's, it's it. number it's five. It. I didn't Un- put it in number one. Unapologetic, right? So fuck off. Lang it, number uh, five. My number five, <laughs> I'll, I'll make it brief because I, I know Sam's going to wax poetic later on it uh psycho gorman okay yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah which is a love letter to the horror from the films we grew up with it's super fun it's funny it's irreverent it's gory it's completely bizarre and unique um absolutely just a lot of fun um we had steve on the show and, and uh everything that guy makes he's another one i'm interested yeah, in. yeah, yeah. yep mm-hmm. yeah. yeah for sure uh yeah i'll talk about that for sure uh parker number five all right man we're going back to fucking 1982 here so everyone's saying why why is this in here because i've i just watched it i just watched it this year so i love off. it i don't care so, I can't. I, so, I can't. so fuck off you know so i watch this so i watch this on shutter and besides horror like my my second favorite genre is like that that city sleaze that that class of 1984 vigilante that, yeah there, there it is right there fucking yeah. starring robert Look. forrester baby street streets of sleaze that's, yeah that's so, some good stuff so let's talk so this, this guy's his wife his kid gets murdered you know he's a factory worker all of a sudden oh. he bumps into big man fred williamson you know himself black exploitation <laughs> nice. boy what movie and, is this? Wait, did you say it and I missed it? Vigilante. Vigilante, Vigilante it's called. Oh, that's the name of the yeah, movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, so you got, already. you got Joe Spinelli from Maniac fame, you know, playing a lawyer. The, the, the thing that I hated about that, he don't get me wrong, he was great in it, but he was only in it for about five minutes, and I fucking love Joe Spinelli. I wish he was in it for a lot more. And then uh, you had that guy, Frank uh, Pesci, which every time I see this guy, all that I can think about is the opening scene of uh, Beverly Hills Cop with the fucking cigarette truck that they hijack. And he's like, well, why did you just fucking smoke on a fucking cigarette? He's like, come on, tell me something. And then fucking Axel Foley jumps in there. But anyway, we're off subject. Anyway, so Vigilante. 19- I don't know. I would listen to you explain 
um, <laughs> the beginning of any Beverly Hills Cop movie. I honestly would sit here and listen to it and be completely fine with that. I, I, I can't believe we got a Frank Pesci m- uh, mention, but yeah, yeah, dude. And directed by Will William Lustig. There you go. That's yeah. why it's good. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I just recently watched that for the first time as well. Uh, all right. So my number five, Langan mentioned um, this movie blew my fucking wig, man. The Night House was very, very good. That was a very fucking good movie. Um, was it, know- though? Yeah. <laughs> Huh. I mean, it was no Spider Man. I give you, <laughs> which is okay, I, I have my. Go, I have one thing wrong with it. So go on, and I'll tell you my one thing. Okay. And then you so, um, yeah, yeah, you know, just did, did, did this lady's husband <clears throat> commit suicide, and then from there she's trying to figure out, you know, like this like a uh, secret life that he had, and it's just man, it's it, it leaves it leaves a lot for interpretation and what I took out of it. I really like uh, it's my interpretation is the way I want to remember it. Um, mm-hmm. and it it's just, it, it's not for everyone, you know, like well, what is I, your interpretation? We can get into that. Like, what is your interpretation? I I, I don't want to get is that spoiler. Oh, yeah. Somebody see. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh. We, we, we want to suggest, <laughs> we want to suggest these things. I'll tell you all fair. Okay. Um, all right. But yeah, so very good stuff. Uh, definitely not for everyone. It's it's one of those movies that that if you told me you didn't like it or 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 found it boring, like I completely get it. But if if it connects with you, I, I think it's a home run. So that's that's my number five. But Steve, what what didn't you like about it? It introduces an idea and plot point that is really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, really uh, having to do with the construction of the house okay yeah 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 yeah. i get it and then they barely follow up and i hate that (laughs) because that was the most interesting thing the movie had going for it yeah and they were like oh you know that interesting thing we talked about don't worry about it she's got some feelings I just feel like, you know, I'm going to basically say this. I feel like she it was the only way that she could come to grips with what she knows probably happened. Um, and I feel like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I don't want to get into it. I, you know, you know, it, it was it, very good. Right. Yeah, it, it was good. I, I it was a good film. I, um, but it's another one of those movies that toys with the fact that there's supernatural elements and doesn't take that extra step okay. and if it took that extra step i would have been in for it the whole the whole way yeah yeah i get it i get it um so damn number four steve pig you know go ahead talk about pig. it I, I didn't get a chance to um, watch it but people love this one <laughs> all right this uh Guys are going to learn a lot about me, I guess, today, everybody. <laughs> uh, this is the year that I realized that I I like Nicolas Cage as an actor, non-ironically. I think he is the best part of every movie he is in. I think he is com- uh, competently doing an amazing job of what he is setting out to do despite what directors might tell him. 
<laughs> um, but I do find myself, I watched a lot of Nick Cage movies this year, and I think there's an argument for the fact that, yes, okay, he's ironically liked by people. I get that. But I look at the movies that came out recently. Hey, how's Mandy? You like that movie, right? He was I, great in that. I love that. I loved uh, Color. I loved yep. Willy. Willy's Wonderland exactly. was great, yeah. You know, and... <laughs> Even things where he's over the top, like Vampire's Kiss, he's over the top because it's such a ridiculous idea. Uh, but yeah, this was the year I figured out that I actually like Nicholas Cage as an actor, not ironically, which again, maybe due to something else. But, <laughs> <laughs> Pig, I thought, Pig, I thought was a great, great, like, um, it, it was almost a revenge movie. But not like, but like, instead of revenge, it was like, it was revenge, but closure. The revenge was the closure was revenge on everything that happened. I think it, it was a movie that's needed after after the death of Anthony Bourdain. I think that this movie was like an Anthony Bourdain type who has gone off the grid, obviously. And then has come back and you see the seedy underbelly of of the of the dining industry that I think is a really interesting topic to bring up to the genre of horror and thriller is this that I mean it's ultimately a drama. Let's just it is a genre film, but it's ultimately a drama. Um, but I think it gives light to a, a, I, I think it's a fantastic movie. I lost my train of thought. I love it though. <laughs> I, I, I gotta check it out. I know it's up on um it's up on Hulu <clears throat> as well uh, as well as the uh, the other movie Willie's Wonderland, which didn't make my top ten, but that that's a really fun movie. Um, oh yeah, if you ever want to watch Nicolas Cage seductively play pinball and pound energy <laughs> drinks, yeah, and not say a goddamn thing. That is the best movie you could ever watch. He did not say a goddamn thing. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I, the only movie I didn't I didn't watch this year that he was in, which was um, Prisoner in a Ghostland. I didn't get a chance to watch that. I, I tried. Was, I mean, people, the ironic, the people who like him ironically love that movie. Me, it wasn't that great of a movie, okay. but he was great in it. Okay, good. I couldn't get past the first like, 20 minutes. So. <laughs> um, no, that movie was dumb. Langan, number four. Uh, my number four is a little independent film called uh, Shiva Baby. Um, oh, yeah. Rachel Sanat, who was uh, fantastic in, uh, in this film. It's very, it basically takes place over the course <clears throat> of an afternoon at uh, a Shiva, a Jewish, you know, wake or whatever. And she basically, in a nutshell, she's a sugar baby. She finds herself in a situation where she's around family at this uh, wake, uh, runs into some people she shouldn't. There's a lot of humor, a lot of well-written characters, a lot of really cringe-worthy moments, but just really well-written and like minimalist, you know? Not a lot goes on, not one setting, setting basically, but uh, Rachel Sanat is, is fantastic and it. I wouldn't be surprised she gets nominated for some. Cool, cool. Yeah, I've seen that on a bunch of people's <clears throits> lists. I have not seen it yet. It's good. I I, I had no expectations going into it. I kind of just hit it, and I was like, "Wow, this is like really excellent." I'm glad I pressed play. 
Sugar baby. I want to be that next year. You know how I'm a notorious grump and hate everything? I next year want to go into things with no expectation. I think you meant sugar baby. I'd also like to be that as well. Um, mm-hmm. If anybody would like to be my sugar daddy. Then, then the <laughs> it's fine. But, but uh, hey, yeah, I'm a notorious grump. I'm trying to come at everything with, I got no expectations for this. Um. So Parker, number four. All right, so number four. So this is definitely the only movie on my list that actually did the decent at the uh, Academy Awards, and it actually tanked because it came out uh, right when COVID hit. So Judas and the Black uh, Messiah. So oh, that's great, great movie. I think the budget was something like twenty six million, and it only did like seven million just because you know the lockdown and everything. But uh, you know, two guys from Get Out. You know, which is a movie that I think all four of us are fans of. And uh, the backstory is just about this guy that takes a plea deal, you know, to get uh, get involved with the Black Panther and pretty much expose him. You know, Jay Hoover, Martin, uh, Martin Sheen plays him. And uh, I just thought the fucking acting was great. Uh, the story was great. This was definitely the longest movie also on my list. And with my AD fucking HD took a while to get through, but it fucking it locked me in fucking from the get go. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Glad, glad. To yeah, see that movie. That movie is actually really, really good. I think it's. I think we, Netflix bought the distribution rights, so that's why it didn't have that great of uh, an actual like per screen dollar percentage because it did debut on Netflix. Yeah. Uh debuted on HBO. Actually. Oh wait, no, that's the HBO one. Yeah. HBO. I'm thinking of another movie, which makes me racist. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> only, only half racist. That's right. <laughs> but but uh, my number four is a movie, speaking of Netflix, it premiered on Netflix, and speaking of one setting, uh, it's the movie Oxygen. Man, did I fucking love this movie. Uh, you know, this this girl wakes up in this, like, um, I, I guess it's like some sort of, like, tank, and she's trying to figure out, what she's doing there, uh, how the fuck to get out and what's going on. And it's really, really, really good. I could when I watch this movie, I, I actually ended up watching it twice. I ended up watching it with my girlfriend when uh, after I watched it because I loved it that much. Couldn't believe it. Just very, very good. Very satisfying ending. Um, just re- like a, a like an hour and forty minute episode of uh, Black Mirror for sure. So, mm. Oxygen up on Netflix right now. It, it it's fantastic. It didn't make my list, but it would have been my stoned list. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Top three, man. Yo, don't let me down, Steve. What do you got? Number three, Licorice Pizza. Director Paul Thomas Anderson, starring Cooper Hoffman and Elaine Hayes. What a fantastic little movie that is, isn't it? <laughs> is it true this movie is about white privilege? <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all. I'm not seeing I it. mean, I, I I think art is interpreted by whoever they want to interpret it by, sure. and however people want to interpret <clears throat> it, that's fine. Um, but no, I think this is a very another slam dunk for Paul Thomas Anderson, where he's giving you a character piece on these 
two people that you couldn't want to spend more more time with like you you need them in your life after the movie is over you want to know what happens next i needed alana in my life like i was like i'm like i need to listen to haim now like i was just all in i'm like it almost did that for me but i was like no i don't like that (laughs) (laughs) i i looked at them on my itunes today and i was like no (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah, for being two people that, you know, not not actors, for him to, to get that kind of performance out of them, the the story itself, I, I'm a romantic at heart. I know I'm a curmudgeon, mean, cranky guy, but my favorite movies are movies that embrace, like, just, like, the purity of love and what that is and how it shapes over time and what it means to do different people. And if there's one person who gets it right, this is the second one out of the park from Paul Thomas Anderson. I think Punch Drunk Love is also. Yeah, you're right. Of, That's a great fucking most, movie. It's, it's highly underrated, but it's, it's a movie about being able to love someone flaws and all, and it's beautiful and perfect. And I think this movie is also the same. I think it's, it's, I think it's something that not only should you watch, but I dare you to be angry at me after you watched it. <laughs> it's really, it's, it, it's really <laughs> such a, it's, it's like a fun journey for these two. The, these two are the, the two that you're watching and the characters that they meet when they, they, they stray from each other and then they come back. There's a lot of running. I like that, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, well, it's it's like it's yeah. almost it's almost like big fish in a way because it's like the characters are so like unbelievable in in certain ways and like the the situations that they get in but it's it's just yeah it's it's a fun movie man i i, we, I, we love I it. yeah i find i found it uh reminding me more of like 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 uh huh. now my train of thought's gone but it was a it's a movie that just reminded me it's like nostalgia of the movie. You might as well just put on there, you know what I mean? Because of what it what it presents to you and how it presents it to you. Um, and I think I think it's a, a great movie because of that. Cool. Yeah. Let's go, let's go watch it. Um Langan, give me number three. My number three is uh boss level. Um <laughs> I, that's, I, a, that's my number three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You hit me to see this movie. You recommended it. So I caught it and uh, just great, great action movie. It's got, you know, a twist. I mean, not a twist. Uh, you know, it's a, the Groundhog's Day, basically action. It's a, movie it's a time loop. Yeah. We, which we've seen we love before, a time but, loop. which isn't entirely new, but the way they execute it, that's what it's all about. And it's a lot of fun. The guy, the dude, the actor, I never heard of that guy before. Never heard of Frank Grillo ever. Fantastic. When I hear Grillo, I know the Grillo from the Howard Stern show that used to make (laughs) him a baked potato. That's the first thing I think of, but um, it's great. It's um, great villains. You know, it works like a video game almost. And that's like kind of the boss level thing. He has, he encounters these battles with these great uh, enemies and uh, so much fun. Yeah. Every time, every time he dies, he just goes back to the beginning or like Mm -hmm. back to, it's just really like, I I couldn't believe it. I like, we watched it. It's up on Hulu. And I was like, within the first 10 minutes, I was like, this is fucking really cool. Like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And just like, 
it's an action movie, but it just it was beyond that. Like just every, it was a total fucking like for sure like a video game obviously it, which I, it which moves I, there's never like a dull moment yeah, they, yeah. the time it's goes by those, yeah it's one of those movies that helps me explain to people why i like genre movies because it's taking a very simple concept that yep. we have all watched tons of movies about mm-hmm. but it's tweaking it a little bit yeah and every do. good genre movie that's exactly what it is Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. just tweaked a little bit, and you've got a really great movie coming at yeah, you for sure. Boss level. Uh, so that's our number three, Parker. Give me a number three. So number three, keeping in the uh, the holiday spirit, I went with Eight Bit Christmas. Oh, so fun. so this is uh, our boy NPH, fucking Neil Patrick Harris, running around telling a story how when he was a little kid, how he gets his Nintendo system and uh, everything that you know he had to go through, and uh, it, you know it just reminded me like holy shit, like. I remember the fucking first year that I got mine and you had to set up this fucking weird fucking Rob robot to lift up the fucking thing and then drop it for the fucking construction guys. But Steve Zahn, I thought as a dad was cracking me up. He was very good in that. And he's good. uh, Yeah. David Cross as the fucking as the dealer, you know, selling like, you know, knockoff cabbage patch kids and like, you know, fake Teddy Ruck spins like. I, I was sold like watching that shit. It was just a good fucking holiday movie. So that's why it was my number three. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. A lot a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Sure. <clears throat> but uh cool. So number 2, Steve. Really? It's not you. Oh, it's me. All right. Uh, number 2. I'm boss yeah, level. level. Oh, it was the same. I'm sorry. Took a nap. Um <laughs> I'm just kidding. Totally just kidding. Uh number 2 for me is a movie that is going to be on nobody's list and it is Annette. The beautiful, amazing Annette uh, by directed by Leo Carra, who is one of those directors that listen, he makes a movie, I'm gonna see it no matter what, and I'm gonna try to be the first person there for it. Um, it came out as an Amazon release, it's an opera of sorts, <clears throat> um, so... starring Adam Driver and Marie Marine Cotillard. Um, and it's it's about just love and jealousy and exploitation and there's a a baby that's a puppet and the puppet baby sings songs and it's weird and all of the music is done by that band sparks uh that had that documentary about them last year and it's really only something that like listen i'm not going to hand this off to people and be like you're going to love it but oh my god, is it deserving of every award this year? <laughs> it's a musical, right? Yes. Yeah. See, that's why I can't do it. I hate it. musicals, I dude. Can't. I hate them. I and hate John musicals. Waters had this at his number one movie of the year, and I'm yes, always all about what John Waters says. But as soon as I saw a musical, I was like, "Fuck, I can't listen to that shit." That, that, watch <laughs> it. Trust me. That's what happened. Watch like, it. When I was trying to watch Anna and the Apocalypse, I was like, "Oh, this seems yeah. pretty cool." And then I was like, "Once like, they started, nope." Saying, <laughs> but I will say Poultry Guys is pretty good. So, Yo, yeah. straight up. <laughs> but okay, Annette, that's Steve number two. Langan number two. My number two, I think might be your number two also. Bloody hell. No, Sam? no, no? Okay. I got it reversed. Okay. Um, that's just a, another one you recommended me. I had no expectations going in. Uh, a John, genre jumping thriller horror that takes some insane twists in it uh by the end that, that 
completely unexpected. Yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> I, I can't say what it is, but uh, I'll talk perform- about it. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, great performances by that Ben O'Toole guy. And uh, Meg Fraser, I believe her name is. She was great. That was her first film that played the love interest. Um, just uh, a batshit crazy fun movie. Again, flies by, moves. You know, yeah, but uh, yeah. that's my number two. Cool. Uh, Parker, number two. Oh, man. So my number two is actually boss level also that you guys wow. had mentioned. So, um, so, you know, going back to the music episode that we taped yesterday about that, you know, the about one of the albums that I listened to just saying like, it looked like a cool cover. I hope that the album is good. That's kind of what I did the same thing with boss, boss level. Like I first saw this, you know, poster and I saw that Mel Gibson was in it and a couple other known actors. And I was like, I hope that this movie's fucking good. And it was, it took you on a ride. It's almost like groundhog's day, you know, happy death day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, Will Sasso, Will Sasso, you know, shout out Mad TV once again. I think this is the first episode. Of Mad TV. <laughs> is that? Wait, I'm sorry. I haven't listened to every episode of the show, but is there an ongoing hashtag shout out Mad TV? Because if not, can you guys really start that? I think it's, I think this is the most Mad TV shout outs of all time. <laughs> shout out Mad TV. Two back to back. Nobody's so. shouting them out. <laughs> right here. Shout out Mad TV Will Sasso. <laughs> what up? <laughs> Hashtag Will Sasso. <laughs> Come <But>. through. <laughs> a- anything else on it, uh, Parker? Fucking Ken Jeong, man. I mean, yeah. you know, he was great in it. Fucking Naomi Watts. You know, it was just yeah. like, it was just a, just a fun ride, just a good movie. Hell yeah, that movie was fucking fantastic. Uh, like I said, up on Hulu for anyone who wants to watch it. My number two is a movie uh, directed by Steve Kostansky, which we had on the show fucking twice. That motherfucker, man, listen, anything he does, I'm going to fucking watch. I don't give a fuck. Psycho Goreman. Um, this movie had no business being this good. Um, and it's the most accessible movie this guy ever made because like my girlfriend's like nephews love this movie. Uh, it had such a great crossover. It was like the, the biggest audience that this fucking guy gets with this this fucking guy, you know, from like every quote, you know, the hunky boys quote to like frig off like the, the two musical montages in the movie. Like it's just everything he wanted to do, which was like, you know, do an homage to like 90s kids tv shows and fucking like uh, things like the monster squad also he said another influence was rawhead rex which i thought was hilarious nice (laughs) (laughs) i was like i mean i mean this is what's great about genre cinema (laughs) is somebody like steve stancy can come along and he can take the genre cinema and be like no i'm gonna make it for all the people who remember the stuff that i remember and who are hip to the same kind of stuff that i am and you get a movie like Psycho Gorman, which is super accessible, but it's also super niche. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like you watch the the, the characters that he created, like Alistair, the brain, you know, uh, the, the, oh, yeah, the, so the, cool. the council, you know, two man, like the universe, this motherfucker created. I, I just can't say enough about it. it it's fucking amazing. Uh, I, I love that he made this. I love that he got so many props from it. There's a lot of cool behind the scenes stuff on YouTube on how he, cre- he created a lot of this stuff. Also, we, we did a screening of this at, at uh, Rob Link's house and, uh, a lot of people that watch it for the first time it was great to see everyone really enjoy it. Like my girlfriend was like, I can't believe how good this movie is. And I messaged Steve on, on messenger. And I was like, yo, we're all watching it here. And he sent me like pictures of 
the stuff that he has in his basement, like super cool dude, man. He, he just, he gets a kick out of everyone enjoying this movie. So that's my number two, which brings us to number one, number one movie of 2021 with our soon to be podcast star. Uh, you know, once, once he starts his show, it's about time up in Arizona. It's going to be about weed. It's going to be a bad. Uh... <laughs> it's definitely not going to be about weed whatsoever. Um, in fact, I try to not mention it as much as I have this episode. So if everybody could just be cool about yeah, it, be cool. that's be good. good. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, is it's legal here in Arizona. So I go to legal places. Two things. One, the legal places in Arizona still make you go to the ATM. So no matter what, in a drug deal, you still got to go to that ATM, even if it's legal. And that's weird. Also... It being legal in Arizona means that it pays for the school. So every time I get something, I say, hey, this is for the children. Yeah. <laughs> buck, buck, buck. Listen, I would <laughs> I, I would rather be in a room with fucking 10 people smoking weed than one drunk person. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Flat out. Unless Understood. That, uh, that's it. Unless that one drunk person is a girl, of course. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I know i don't even want to clarify that i'm just gonna just we're gonna go um then, so then again one movie then again is, maybe not is is motherfucking titan the best movie that i have seen in years titan titan a movie that i saw let's say five months ago and I still think about it daily titan by the the lady who did Raw, uh, Julia, I don't want to mess up her very French last name, Decarnot. Depardieu. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like Titan, I wasn't. Per- you experienced Titan. Yeah, you experienced. You don't watch Titan. Yeah. Titan watches you. <laughs> it, it, Titan <laughs> is is a videodrome. Titan. Yeah, is, you're right. Is a movie that begs to be seen because you can't fathom Titan. The thing about Titan is it's not only a movie that deals with grief. You've got grief. You've got loss. You've got a lady fucking a car. You've got a human skin truck baby. You've got (laughs) oil everywhere you've got um it, it, it it's it's a meditation on grief on loss on acceptance on gender on sexuality uh, a, so many themes in one movie that can be reduced to one sentence where it's titan is the movie where a woman fucks a car yeah that's it that's one hell of a sentence that's one. And, and it's you, you, everything he said is true. It's it's definitely like you said, it's it's more of an experience. Like you have to just I, I, I'm i like watching. The, uh, yo, my friend Chris, shout out to Chris Longuito, texted me today and he's like, yo, 20 minutes into Titan right now. Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> That's what yeah. he wrote. Um, I believe when I was done, I, I uh, shout, shout out to Anthony Greco. Also, hashtag Will Sasso. What's up? Man? <laughs> 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 But I after I watched Titan, I talked to Anthony and I mentioned him with wow, so that was French. Um like 
but it needs to be seen. It's I've never had a movie that has grabbed me as much as Titan did. And I don't know if it's bad or good. I just know that because it did that, it's the number one movie of the year. That's it. Buck, buck, buck. <laughs> That's that, it. That brings us to Langan. Give me your number one movie of the year. The French Dispatch. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had to be silent okay. before. Um, you know, if I rank all of Wes Anderson's movies, this isn't the highest one up, but I've loved every single one of Wes Anderson's movies. You know, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm uh, I'm a fanboy. But, um, I was I, I was pissed that I missed I had such a short theatrical run here or whatever. And then when I wanted to go see it, I couldn't see it. So I, I just bought it on iTunes and watched it the other night. And, uh, you know, obviously stylistically beautiful. You'll, you're hard pressed to find a director. Say what you want about him that puts more detail into like every minutia of every frame of his shots and the colors and everything. Now the, the complaint I get, I hear from people that don't like him is that some of the characters are a little soulless or whatever, this and that, but I don't know. I relate to those people. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I'm Margot Tenenbaum and stuff. Yeah. Totally right there. Like the characters he writes. So it works for me, but it doesn't work for everybody. I get it. The Del Toro, it's it's basically like a Wes Anderson anthology story, basically, with the magazine wraparound. The Del Toro, uh, Benicio Del Toro story in the prison was my favorite. Ooh, favorite. Um, that, that, that was the best one. Um, but it's a, it's a beautiful film. And, and it, it scratched my Wes Anderson itch, you know what I'm saying? So I knew the second I saw it, I was like, okay, this is a good one. I know right. I it's going on the list. It's yeah. Wes Anderson. It's great. It's going yes. on the list. You don't have a choice about that. <laughs> no. Parker, what movie from ni- what movie from 1982 is number one? A fucking ET part two fucking going home. No. Uh, <laughs> Invasion <laughs> USA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> four again. Yeah. Exterminator <laughs> fucking three. Fucking back from the dead. No, so this movie. You know, sometimes you just got to watch a fucking movie that just, you know, really is just fucking stupid. I don't think it even fucking maybe it had a script. I don't know. But I sat down. You could call me fucking racist because I fucking knew none of these people. But the movie was called Bad Trip. And I watch I watch. Yeah, it was fucking hysterical. So I put I don't think I know what movie this is at all. Yeah. Eric Andre. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah, I watched that. Yeah. Very yeah. like bad grandpa ish. <laughs> like some of it was scripted. A lot of it was hidden cameras. But uh, the female lead, Tiff, uh, Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. Was amazing in this. Probably better than both of the male uh, actors in this. But I laughed from fucking beginning to end. It was an easy watch. Very, uh, you know, didn't have oh, to- yeah, it would have been on my other list. Yeah. Didn't really have other to concentrate, you know, because it was a bunch of like fucking stupid shit. But I had a fucking good time watching this i like that you preface it by saying that you might be racist i might because i didn't, <laughs> I I didn't know, these, know these people are. i didn't know these dudes you know? <laughs> oh that's so funny uh yeah th- th- this was fun i watched it i uh definitely nowhere near my favorite movie but uh i did laugh a lot and i, I love tiffany haddish yeah. i think she's fantastic in the last og specifically that's where i really love her from but uh yeah it was fun so, uh, all right, listen, we're going to wrap it up. My number one is Langan's number two, Bloody Hell. Uh, when I first watched this movie, I thought to myself, okay, uh, maybe it was like January, February, and I knew right away. I'm like, this 
this is this is the bar that we're setting here because this movie like this dude in the very beginning he like prevents like uh or he like uh like he's in a in a bank and somebody's robbing the bank and he tries to prevent the bank robbery but he ends up like killing someone <laughs> and instead of like being you know like hailed as like a hero uh, they kind of like flipped it on him and they said that he it was just like his fault. And so he goes, he he's like, I'm, I'm leaving this fucking country uh, for a little bit to go on vacation. And then very bad things happen to him. And the movie is zero to 60 and it's never boring. The, like it's funny. Yeah, it's it's really funny. The characters are great. It's It's like an action movie that turns into a horror movie. I was excited to read too, and I hope it's true. It's the first part of a planned trilogy. Okay. By this guy. Good. I really hope that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, listen, it's my number one movie of the year. And, and it's one of those movies that I feel like a lot of people did not see, which is kind of a bummer. No, uh, I hadn't heard it until you yeah. recommended it. I was like, oh my God, this is fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you dug it. So cool. Hey, listen, this is it, man. So 2021, thanks for hanging out with us, Steve. You know, listen, I'll do it all the time. You want me to come in here, hang out, talk about Will Sasso, Orlando ah! Jones, other people from the cast of Matt, Artie Lang, Ian Peel, yeah. Artie Lang. Shout out to the big bring nose. Out. Big shouts, Mad TV, hashtag bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime, hashtag, hashtag I've never watched it, but whatever. <laughs> anytime you want to get that guy that makes those, the Frank Caliendo. Yeah. <laughs> fucking john madden rest in peace baby uh anytime you want to you want to come in and you know uh talk utter nonsense smoke some weed you know because it's legal uh you know you're you're welcome to come hang out oh well thank you um i'll be around this year i actually have a couple things that i'm working on so um there's going to be a website and there's going to be a podcast coming cool so i will be in contact with everybody and hopefully um oh my dog just showed up but hopefully uh we will be able to get podcasts in people's ears because yes finally i'm biting the bullet and i'm not even going to share my opinions on it It is something completely different completely different okay (laughs) i love it that's it so cool we'll we'll look forward thank you guys for having me yeah Yeah. so we will see you guys i'm going to sign off until we come back in like 10 minutes all right okay all right (laughs) all right good night everybody Bye. Bye.